Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera, and Corey Friedman is here. Hanging out with us. He's here finally. I haven't seen him in a while. It's good to see you. Uh, he was I, yes, out in sunny LA. He was out in sunny LA for the holiday, and now he's back in cold Chicago. <laughs> Cody did not get the Otani job done, so they sent me to finish <laughs> Listen, the job. I, they had to send you and, you know, hammer it down. The Lake Michigan really looks like all those pictures that I tweeted out, all right? Um, I, I think, I thought... That Luke Stuckmeyer will be back today, but I was wrong. It was Corey Friedman. So I got the two guys mm-hmm. mixed up. Maybe Luke's back tomorrow. I'm not sure. But uh, big news, obviously. And before I le- put out the big news, it's the most important news of the day. Uh, you should all hit the like button. You should all subscribe to the CHO Sports yep. YouTube channel. That is, that is the number one thing outside of the big news I'm about to share. I don't even know what this big news is. The big news oh, yeah. is that the Cody Bellinger Revenge Tour is complete, oh, guys. I, I guess I do know. The <laughs> Revenge Tour is complete, all right? Cody Bellinger is your NL Comeback Player of the Year. Um, and I tweeted this earlier, like a couple hours ago, that I was re-watching the emergency podcast that we did last December. It was like me, Luke, and Corey, because Ryan, you were at the winter meetings because this deal went down at the winter meetings. Uh, you joined us later in the podcast, but I watched like the first 30 minutes of it mm-hmm. this morning and I was uh, laughing at how much, like how correct we all were, like our thoughts on the Cubs getting Cody Bellinger. And I would just like to say credit to us for being very, very smart. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> like when they signed him, it was and it may not have worked out, right? I mean, we may have been completely wrong in it, but it was a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. He was trying to, uh, you know, rebuild his his value in free agency. So even if it didn't work out, it wasn't like a huge risk, mm-hmm. especially for a team that's still like at that point. Like, are they in the rebuild? What are they doing? Yeah. So I mean, it was like a, it was an it was a, I think it was in a way a win-win because like either he has a really good year as he did, and you're feeling really good about it or the Cubs only spent 17 million that they were probably going to spend on some other, uh, you know, flyer reclamation type project player or players. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a huge risk. It worked out, but if it didn't, it doesn't affect what they'd be doing right now in a way, like maybe without Bellinger the year they have with Bellinger sometimes carrying the offense, maybe they don't look 
as great of a destination for free agents or something maybe maybe the record is worse and there's more question marks about where they're at in the process but um either way like it was it was not it was a low risk move when they signed him and i think obviously it worked out right well i guess to explain what i mean by credit to us for being correct i said on that podcast that a, he would make it past the trade deadline, and B, he would be a big reason why the Cubs were going to be in the playoff race. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were in it the to race. the very last day of the year. So I'm wrong about a lot of shit you guys <laughs> like to let me know. I just I just got to take my lap on this one because I'm not okay. right about a lot of shit. All right. And, Corey, I remember when I was listening to it, you were – whatever you said, which it's in paraphrase. Also very correct. Yeah, very correct. Yeah. <laughs> because you basically said the same thing that I that's, said. That's yeah. fine. If if nobody ever remembers anything that I say specifically, just vaguely, I think Corey was right. Yeah. I'm good well, with I will that. say oh, this. Yeah. Me and you, and I tweeted this out weeks ago because I thought that, like, the it was the MLBPA. Uh, they gave away the, yeah, their yeah, yeah. comeback yeah, the player Player's award. Choice Awards, yeah. Right, the Player Choice Awards. Uh, I tweeted a screenshot of our season predictions, and me and Corey were the two people who predicted that Cody Bellinger would win Comeback Player of the Year. There you go. So, again, credit to us. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. I, I mean, think I might have put like Tatis on there or something, which uh, which is not a bad pick. A good prediction. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, it worked out. You know, I think there were a lot of different scenarios for how that plays out, and one of them was that it works out really well for everybody, and. Mm. That's what happened, and it's going to get Cody a big payday. Oddly, like, it feels as this offseason goes on, like, it, it's almost like moving away from that with the Cubs. It feels like, not that I think they're out on it, but they clearly have some possibly, like, bigger priorities going on. I just feel like, you know, as the season wore down and when the offseason first started, everybody, the only thing anyone was talking about was Cody Bellinger and him coming back. And as the offseason has gone on, feels like we've definitely gotten away from that, right? Like mm -hmm. people's attention has obviously shifted to the Otani stuff, but even some of the other guys, right? Like we hear more about Juan Soto, you know, uh, some of the pitchers, things like that. It, it seems like the collective attention has shifted a little bit from just Cody Bellinger, right? Mm -hmm. It seems that people have accepted that there's a possible outcome where the team can be good that does not include Cody Bellinger, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm reading the chat. And y'all kind of raining, like you're, you're kind of being negative on just our celebration of being correct. All right. Like <laughs> this isn't a conversation of is Cody Bellinger going to be back or not. It's a conversation of what Cody Bellinger did this past year was incredible. And, um, he's going to earn himself a nice payday. And I don't know if he's going to be a cub. I think I still believe he could be a cub if he goes into January still unsigned. I think if we get into January and he still isn't signed with the Yankees or whoever, the Cubs actually have a shot. Well, especially if they they do end up missing out on Otani. Don't you then, say it. I'm just Don't saying say that they're going loud, to have bro. holes on the roster. If they, I mean, they'll, they'll on have, Braggs' birthday, Ryan. <laughs> they'll, still, they'll still have holes on the roster even if they do get Otani. So, like, I'm right. not saying they couldn't get both of them, but that's going to be – it obviously be a little tougher to get – Bellinger back if they do get Otani. If they don't get Otani, then Bellinger becomes even more of a priority to bring back, I think. I think, you know, thinking, if we're talking specifically, you know, he won the comeback player of the year, obviously, like, that's the point of, of talking about it. And I think seeing him, like, officially win that award, too, it does bring back some of the, like, overall frustration of how that played out and how close they were to making the playoffs, just because I think if you go back to that, 
episode and you said something close to this effect, like the idea that they got what most would consider like a 99th percentile outcome Mm -hmm. on that Cody Bellinger situation. Mm -hmm. He was better than most of us would have thought. He wasn't as good as when he won the MVP, but he was really, really good. He was a four-win player. That went about as well as it possibly could have, and they didn't do enough to make the playoffs. It it, it, Retroactively, right, that's like Mm -hmm. rather disappointing. If you told us all at the beginning of the year, like, yeah, Cody Bellinger's going to put up like almost a 900 OPS. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's going to be, look like a a bit closer to his MVP self. We all would have been like, okay, like I'm I'm interested, right? (laughs) Like, so like the fact that they got that and fell Mm -hmm. short, it it does sort of bring back a, for sure. And, uh, and that's, and, and that's why I've been on, you know, this whole, like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta play big this off season, man. We can't do this, you know, make Cody talk himself into 85 to 88 wins because we're hoping PCA, you know, takes home or takes control of center field and turns into a, you know, a, three or four win player in year one and you're hoping that Justin Steele does the same thing again without adding any pitching and like all like I could go down the list like that that Cody Bellinger having the season that he did and then the Cubs proceeding to not make the playoffs while it's awesome that he did what he did it's like Corey said is incredibly frustrating that the Cubs didn't make the playoffs with that in some of the other big like extremes that hit for the Cubs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's uh, why they, they need to, they need to act like a big market team this off season. The key for Bellinger at, I, I don't know if it's like wrapping up our chat on Bellinger, but reading the chat, it, it's all going to be the contract. He, he, mm-hmm. I think is going to be like a, a poster child, depending on the no- negotiations for the way that Jed Hoyer has operated. Mm-hmm. Right. If, He's only getting offers in the like six-ish year range for a whatever amount of money. One fifty. I think the Cubs like will be in. I think they'd love to do that and yeah. you know have him eat some of those center field innings while PCA is getting ready, play some first base depending on how that market shakes out. If it's closer to eight, nine, ten, they're not going to do it. I I promise you. Mm-hmm. If Cody Bellinger gets a ten-year deal yeah. from someone, I promise it it's not going to be from Jed Hoyer. I like, agree it just with won't. that. Unless he's decided that his entire baseball operations philosophy is now completely different. It's just they're not going to go to that length. And the I, risks are there, right? And mm-hmm. it's just not. It's not what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I think, think that there's a possibility that the Cubs could give a contract out that big, but just not, not to, to Cody Bell. Absolutely. Because, yeah. again, as great as the season was and as great as he was for the Cubs and you saw the value that he brought, it still was just one really great year after two or three two, bad yeah. seasons. Yeah. You know? Two like, really, really bad, bad a third right. like yeah. down year. So, and it was in a walk year and... Yeah, so yeah. that's why to me, like the reason that I think that I that I am a believer at this point that Otani is in play is Otani's been doing what he's been doing for years, and uh, yeah, I, well, and there's, the, the I think there's a little bit more. Obviously, there's a big difference. He is the best hitter on the planet and one of the top starting pitchers when he'll be able to pitch again. I think that Jed and the front office think thinks that that is a much better risk mm-hmm. in terms of giving a, a large contract like that. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, the thing in Bellinger, the Otani in particular, and maybe like Juan Soto would fall into this because he's so young yeah. and such mm-hmm. a like top tier hitter. 
But like Otani, as everybody has talked about, is in his own universe and doesn't apply to like how Jed <laughs> operates yeah. because he makes the team money. Yeah. yeah, all these guys generate money, but like the money that Otani would be bringing It'd in, be a different level. That it really if would. Jed doesn't like ten-year contracts, Tom and Crane would be like, give him what if you can get him here. He could you could sign him for thirty years. We don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, just get him here. We're gonna make money. Hopefully yeah. that helps the baseball team. Like, <laughs> yeah, great. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you on that because I think we've we know at this point that like this front office is not the money risk that they're more aver- it's more, they're more averse to the year risk right like giving yeah like you said 10-year contracts just aren't jed hoyer's mo giving out 10-year contracts that's, that's, that's not it um but yeah otani is a completely different player and <clears throat> excuse me there <clears throat> excuse me geez um come on Ryan. there's definitely some risk there because of the elbow surgery right i don't know if they they never explicitly said it was tommy john surgery for shohei but like it probably was Mm -hmm. um which would be a second um of his since he got here right so there's gonna be risk with that because not many players have been able to come back from two surgeries of that type if it was tommy john surgery like it's hard to come back from it one time and while he was like definitely a upper echelon starting pitcher when he was healthy there's no guarantee that Otani's ever gonna make be that pitcher again mm-hmm. just because of a second like pretty uh big elbow surgery that's gonna keep him out for an entire year of pitching so that adds a layer of risk but I also would still agree that like he's obviously the one of the best hitters in the world and if he can come back and pitch for if they were if they were to give him a ten year contract, he could pitch for nine of them. I think they would still run that risk to get him back. Now, this I have I feel the same thing about Otani as I do about Bellinger in terms of like what I feel like the contract could be. So let me know your thoughts on this in the chat or you guys. I think, and this again goes back to Bellinger if he goes into January, still a free agent. I think that there's going to be an opt out after two or three years because he has to know that teams are holding back because yeah it was just one good year after a couple bad years I genuinely think that he might want to cash in again when he's like 30 after if he can if if he can put together a couple more consistent years like this one Mm-hmm. then he could make more money down the road. And that's why I think the Cubs could be in play if he does get into, does go into January with no team. And I've, I'm reading the chat and most people are like, if it's after, if it's more than six or seven years, you're not given that money or contract to Bellinger. And, and I tend to agree, but if it's something, if it's more than that, but there's a player opt out after two or three years, I'm in. Because what say he plays really well and then he can opt out and hopefully by then you have PCA or you hope you hope by then PCA has really taken off and has become one of your you know best players on your team. Uh, or maybe there's another mm-hmm. option. You have all these outfield prospects anyway who knows what's what's gonna happen between now and then. Like to me and I feel the same way about Otani, because of the fact that he's not gonna pitch next year, he could take some massive deal but with a player opt-out after two or three years say he comes back and pitches in 2025 and then 
uses that player opt-out in 2026 or 2027 and is able to get even more money, I it, I genuinely feel like that is a possibility for both of those guys. I mean, we've seen some strength, you know, Jed loves it, right? And we've seen some strength. I think that's become at least more a part of the conversation in the last few years, right? Like we saw Stroman do it. Yeah. Uh, the situation with Carlos Correa taking the short-term mm-hmm. deal the first time, right, hitting the market again. Like, so it... It is something we see players doing. I think Otani, I would be surprised just because I think there's going to be so much that goes into this deal Fair. for one franchise yeah. that I think they're not going to want that. If he does, I mean, that's a, a separate thing. Bellinger, you know, a lot of this is interesting because so many teams are kind of in the same conversations, right? Like we heard the Yankees maybe the biggest threat for Bellinger. And then, you know, now there's rumors, I think even today, like that they're discussing Juan Soto they've always been in Juan Soto like the Cubs maybe on both of these players also Otani so this isn't like breaking news but like (laughs) this is definitely an offseason where there's a lot of one domino falls and that may change the entire plan for some of these teams right Mm. if Otani went somewhere else and the Yankees did pull off one of those like obviously that puts the Cubs in kind of a box if they want to address certain things via free agency. And there's other years where, like, there's not that big of a market for certain positions or certain players. Like, even the shortstop market last year, it's not like every team was in on that. So by the time you started checking the boxes of who was going off, it was like, well, like, I think this ought to be the Cubs because there's not that many teams that we even heard in on Dansby Swanson or in on the shortstop. So, again, it's not like rocket science, but I think particularly you're hearing a lot of teams connected to certain players, and it's a lot of the same teams, which isn't always the case. Sometimes it is, but one domino falls. It's it's really going to affect things. And I think, like, the Cubs are a good example. Like, do they feel like they're the favorite to land Otani? Are they planning on it? Probably not, Right. But, like, they're going for it, and there's a universe where he accepts some massive offer from them. And whether they've been talking to Bellinger or talking to the Padres about Soto, you'd have to go, okay, never mind, right? Like, we're doing this thing, and that's just the direction this is going. And that's why when, I think it was John Morosi had talked about, like, Cody Bellinger wasn't a priority or whatever it was, however he worded it Mm -hmm. about the Cubs a couple weeks ago. And it wasn't that the Cubs didn't want Cody Bellinger back or that, um, you know, whatever. He's not a priority for him. The way I the way I like took that is their priority is Shohei Otani. Like that is their number one priority at that point, and and getting him signed and bringing him to Chicago. Like that's what they're focused on. Not that they don't want Cody Bellinger back. He's not a priority for them. Whatever. It's just that Shohei Otani is the number one free agent. That's the guy they're going after. That, that that should be where their focus is if that's what it is, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. he should be their focus. So getting him and then going from there is the focus. Again, and, and if they don't get him, then I, I, if, you, if I'm the Cubs, like, hopefully I still have a bunch of free agents available that I can go get, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, Cody Ballinger, Juan Soto, Pete Alonso, whoever it is, like, if their number one offseason priority is Shohei Otani, that should be their focus. You you It's hard to... Be focused on three, four yeah, different absolutely. guys at the same time. 
get Shoya or get an answer well, from Shohei Otani and then go from there. And I think like I don't I don't think it would happen immediately because you wouldn't have the money in hand. But like you'd know you'd be able to make a ton of money on Otani, yeah. right? In a ton of different forms. And there's also a lot of like issues with some of those. Uh, streaming platforms like the Bally's and stuff like that, like that the Cubs somehow lucked into not having to deal with. They're not on the bad end of that, right? Because they own Marquee. So they're not getting that money taken away from them like some of these teams are. Like some of these teams are having a mess right now. I think the Padres, the Cardinals in particular, I've read about them being like affected because of that stuff going on with the folks who carry their games. So I'm not saying that like, you would immediately sign Otani and be like, okay, we're forecasting this out. Now we're going to have an extra, uh, I thought I saw a conservative estimate that was like a hundred million dollars that he generated in, in like external mm-hmm. revenue. I, I wouldn't expect them to act like that, but just pairing with what Ryan said, like it's, it's an extremely transformative decision that would be made. Like if that deal was signed and you're looking at some of this regional sports network stuff, the broadcast stuff, you'd be like, Hey, we might, be in a position to have a lot more money than we had originally thought or like be in a much better position than a lot of these other teams maybe you would start acting like it like throw some money around like get a little reckless i don't know i don't expect it but uh (laughs) the chat man y'all are cracking me up rwb team i i see your message man i'll read it i will say this otani isn't going to want to hit free agency again and go through this process process if he goes to a team, it'll be like the Bryce Harper contract with no opt-outs, et cetera. The o- Again, the only reason that I think that maybe he takes the opt-out or p- takes an opt-out after you know two or three years, if it's in a contract, is because he isn't going to pitch next year. You realize how much money this guy is g- losing because he's not going to pitch next year? He's Shohei Otani. If he doesn't pitch next year but hits 40-plus bombs and has a WRC+, plus, at, you know, top five, top 10 in baseball, and then comes back in 2025 and is back to being your a number one ace starting pitcher. You tell me this guy isn't going, isn't going to perhaps argue for more money if he's still one of the, not one of the best player on the planet. That's the only reason that I think I that think you can bake happen. that into the contract, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can give him, you know, escalators and fair bonuses Escalator. and like. I, I mean, yeah. if they're, I, he may not want to take an opt out, but maybe they include it in there just in, like, just because there's opt out in there doesn't mean he's going to take it. That's true. So, I, and and I agree with that. I'm just saying that I'm. I'm th- from an Otani perspective, he has to, as much money as he's going to get because he's going to gonna get a ton of money. I mean, we were talking about him getting six hundred million dollars yeah. at the to start, which means he could have got he could have got more that it, more than that if you know if he didn't get hurt. So now I'm curious to like like what five hundred million tops? Like I, I don't know. It's, well, these are all I, numbers. It's I just, wonder. I wonder how much that'll really affect it. Honestly. Um, just because, again, like you can add those bonuses and yeah. things like that, and like I, this also feels like the thing. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to get like a. It's not going to be like a soccer deal where he gets like part ownership in the team, <laughs> but like yeah. it, this is a big deal. He he really may get a lot of stuff in this mm. deal. Like if they launched a marquee in Japan or you know in another continent, whatever. Like he might get a cut of that. And that might be part of the deal. Like that's how big this deal is going to be. My favorite thing about Otani though, is like when, when, if you took out his pitching, 
last year and are looking at war, he is still the best hitter in the American League. Number one. Like, that's am- that's amazing. And he didn't you even take play out like the last all month. the value of the pitching. <laughs> yeah. Still number one. Yeah. I, that's insane. Truly insane. Yeah. So when people good? are like, oh, we might not pitch the whole duration of the contract or he's not going to pitch next year, or maybe you have to be careful. Like, you know, you can't, don't ask him to go 30 starts, 200 innings every year. So what? Yeah. If he started two times a year, he's still the best hitter on your team by a long shot, right? If yeah. he pitches at all, yeah. great. What a bonus, because he's also great at that. Like, yeah. this is a no-brainer. Like, whatever Absolutely. they want. Uh, I didn't mean for this conversation to get be all about Otani, because obviously we started talking about Bell. Everything's about Otani. But, it, so like, this whole offseason really is just like, it's I wake Ohtani. up thinking about Otani. <laughs> I go to bed thinking about yes. Otani. So I'm in my bed every you. single <laughs> night thinking about how am I going to be able to go to Wrigley Field as much as I do and not watch Shohei Otani if if they don't get him? I I feel like I'm going to be visible. I'm going to visibly be very upset at, at this point. Like I've, I'm so far in into the mud that I know that I'm going to be very very upset if they don't get Otani now. And I I spent two years. I've spent the last two years. Tell, telling myself that it wasn't going to happen. And now here we are in the offseason with all these reports, rumors, and all that. The Cubs are, you know, top two, top three favorite to potentially get them. I'm ready to be hurt again. So uh, before we get to the ad breaks, I did want to mention it was like breaking news right before uh, we came on set. Uh, the Cubs have named their new bench coach, uh, Ryan Flaherty. Former Cub. Former, former Cub, apparently. Former Cub. Minor leaguer. <laughs> well, Cubs legend then. You know, drafted by the Cubs. Drafted sure. by the Cubs. Okay, he's not uh, a Cub for life. He was he did not play for the Cubs. This was reported by I can't Ryan help me with her last name, but Britt Garoli. I think Garoli. Yeah. that's how you say it. Credit to me for letting you say it. Um, we don't was, say last names. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I, 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 my last name is already kind of like a lot of people say it wrong, so I'm always like I don't want to mess up people's last names. Cody Delmetrics. Yes. Del Cardinal. Del Cardinal. Don't say that. Okay. Every once in a while, it becomes that. Anyway, he was, uh, according to her tweet, he was, he was a finalist for the Padres job, which Mike Schilt got. Um, so he's going to be the, he was the bench coach for the Padres last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it looks like Craig Council wanted him. I'm assuming Craig Council is the one making, like, in put, putting his influence on, on this. I would think. So. Yeah. So his bench coach. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go because I don't really have an opinion. I, I don't either. And I, to be honest with you, I don't really think most people should. Like, yeah. this is the type of thing where, like, again, it, it's not to deflect the question or, like, try to seem smart. But, like, we just don't know. The, the, these roles are different on every team. <clears throat> Right. Some managers lean very heavily on mm-hmm. the bench coach for certain things. Others, they don't. Right. Some bench coaches are also quality control or strategy or different things. Some of them are not. And if you're trying to parse out like who made what decision or right, like mm-hmm. there's there's really unless you're in that organization and able to like see and evaluate each person, there's there's just no way to know these it, things. Right. Kind of, like well, that, with with that like we we look at the dynamic with David Ross and Andy Green like it was David Ross's first managing job they brought in a bench coach that coach that had managing experience that mm-hmm. like I'm again I'm not sure 
the extent of how heavily he leaned on Andy Green. But Andy Green had a big role on that coaching staff as the bench coach, like helping David Ross through the beginning of his managerial career. Obviously, Greg Council doesn't need that. Like he's pretty well accomplished at this point as a as a major league manager. But Ryan Flaherty, you know, yes, I, I'm with you. Like I don't really have an opinion on this either which way. I he's what his last season was 2019 as a player, so he's pretty quickly moved up the coaching ranks with the Padres. But you know, he's also a guy that learned under Bob Melvin for a little bit, right? Like he got. Like Bob Melvin's a pretty well-respected manager in his own right. Yeah. For the you know the time he was in San Diego, Ryan Flaherty got to learn a little bit under him. So takes a little bit of knowledge from Bob Melvin over there, brings it to Chicago, where he's going to mix and still also learn under a, another really accomplished manager and Craig Council. So yeah, I don't really feel any which way about it because as you said, like the extent to what the bench coach's responsibility just depends on the manager and the coaching staff. But it seems like he's a pretty quick riser in the coaching ranks. Mm-hmm. Pretty, ha- you know, ha- obviously has some respect around there to be given this job so quickly after, um, you know, retiring as a player. And I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how he meshes with Craig Council. Yeah, like that's going to be, a, that's going to, that's going to be a big test. How does he mesh with Craig Council and the rights of the coaching staff? And part of the discussion that we had about David Ross as well, and really any manager, like we don't know how much influence the front office has, right? So when you're looking at certain decisions or things that, you know, we, we always look, I think, as fans at like, oh, if the offense is bad, we'll blame the hitting coach, right? If the pitching is bad, let's blame the pitching coach, right? Mm-hmm. So... And it's, it's not that simple, right? In these organizations, we have no idea how much those guys are actually making any of the tactical decisions or philosophy decisions. Like, most of those things are coming from up top, right? Like, you're not bringing in a, a new bench coach or a new hitting coach that's changing the way everybody in the team is hitting yeah. or something like that. Like, those a, a conversations come from somebody yeah. else. A lot it of has times to those be, come into what the philosophy of the team already right. is. It has to mesh with a much bigger organization, yeah. like, you know, net than just mm-hmm. one person. The reason I say that is because, like, when you read this stuff on the national reports or even from the, like, Padres people some of their fans are like oh good riddance the offense was bad and he was a part of that (laughs) all I'm gonna tell you right and I'm not I'm not saying that these coaches bear no responsibility or that like who knows what any of them do just none of it matters of course it does but like if you are of the mindset that Ryan Flaherty because he was like their offensive coordinator or something like that not even their hitting coach right but part of his like sort of bench coach duties Like, if you think that that team with Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Tatis doing whatever he's doing, right? Like, Bogarts, like, the Cy Young winner in Blake Snell. If you think they missed the playoffs because of Ryan Flaherty, I have a bridge to sell you, man. Because that is is amazing. That is such a leap leap. to to make. And again, I'm not saying I know he did good work or is a good hire. I, I don't know. But people clearly respect him. The Cubs could choose from pretty much anybody they wanted to join council on his staff. And I, I just, it, these are those decisions where when you see people like, what? It's like, come on. Like, we, who knows? Right? Like, did you like, even know who he was before the news? Who knows? And like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's why the, the Padres weren't good. That seems like quite a leap, but yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll say this based off the article that I was reading from the SB Nation Padres website, uh, glasslampball.com. 
Um, you know, there's quotes in here in this article saying uh, it's from a former Padre, Greg Garcia, on his podcast that he says that they believe that he believes that Flaherty will manage at some point in his career. Um, and also, I guess AJ Preller blocked him from going to interview for a position with the Mets. So clearly, the Padres had very high, high yeah. like thought of him. So for the Cubs to bring in a guy like that, I don't know. Sounds 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 good to me. Let's ride. Uh, I'm that's that's my two cents on it. So uh, I've I've said I said this weeks back. As long as Tommy Hadovy and Dustin Kelly are here, I can I can get past everyone else in terms yeah. of who's on the coaching staff. As long as those two guys are here with Craig Council, I'll be okay. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, at his intro press conference, Craig Council was like very clear that he's going to be like slow, methodical, deliberate about his um, you know coaching staff hires because, as he said, like the, the process of him. Going to the Cubs happened so quickly. He wanted to slow things down and be very, yeah, deliberate with his, with what he does next, right? Having conversations with the players, figuring out who his coaching staff is going to be. So, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now since he got um, in- introduced to the, as a Cubs manager, but he took his time with the coaching staff. Whether that was maybe waiting for the Padres managerial search to shake out because. They wanted Ryan Flaherty or something like that. Like whatever it was, they were very slow, deliberate, and clearly did his homework on a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of coaching experience and definitely not a, not a lot of bench coach experience one year. So um, clearly he was deliberate. Will it, is it the right choice? I, I don't know. <laughs> but in his mind, it has to be the right choice, a guy that he believes can mesh with what he – with what Craig Council wants to bring to the Cubs and what the rest of the coaching staff is. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever be able to truly evaluate it again because you can't, like, look at stats for a bench coach. But it'll it'll just be interesting to see how, again, an accomplished manager and Craig Council meshes with a guy who only has one year as a bench coach and if he's really looked at as, like, a future managerial candidate, may not be around for a long time, right? But it's going to be interesting to see how how that meshes, how the dynamic between Craig Council, Ryan Flaherty, and the rest of the coaching staff meshes. When I, and I think, like, you can sort of see certain things, and that you can judge, right? Like, I remember when Mike Borzello was on the Cubs coaching staff, and there were, there were a lot of individual things. I think, like, the work with Contreras and and developing him as a catcher, stuff with Kyle Hendricks. Like, there, there was real stuff. I think he was also responsible for... Uh, like suggesting that Kenley Jensen should pitch instead of, uh, I think he was playing catcher, but his ball had like cut on it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Mike Barzello. If I'm wrong on that, I apologize. But my point being like, those are certain things where you're like, oh, okay, here are specific things these coaches did. That sounds good. Everybody speaks highly of them. We know these things. Okay. With the manager, we're all going, well, I don't know. That pitching decision was bad, so I think it was David Ross, right? Like, or or whatever. It, it's it's sort of those things where with some things like Tommy Hadovy, you and Brendan have a good understanding that we like Tommy Hadovy, we like what he's doing because you've 
dug into a lot of the specific things that he's done, like the specific work with Justin Steele or some of these other pitchers, Adbert Alzali, to develop pitches in the middle of the season. So there's like tangible information where we say, oh, okay, I I understand this was his impact and I watch it on the field and it's good, right? With some of them, you just if those stories don't come out, right? If you don't get those interviews or those little anecdotes of like, yeah, he taught that player that, or he was a big, in, you just don't know. Yeah. So it, it's not to say that this doesn't matter. Of course it does, but you just have to trust that Craig Council is really good at his job. He's won a lot of awards to suggest that, right? He knows what he needs for his staff. He knows what he needs out of a bench coach or the people that assist him and the Cubs front office. I believe Carter Hawkins and Ryan Flaherty literally played together. I saw Brett from Bleacher Nation tweeting that at, at Vanderbilt. So they know the guy. They know what they need. They know the philosophies that they need to be consistent across the major league level, the other level. So they know what they need. You have to trust them until we have some sort of reason specifically to say, oh, Ryan Flaherty did this mm-hmm. and it's bad, or right? Like other than that, you kind of just have to trust them that they know what they need, they know what they want. And they're trying to build a staff that gets them there. I feel yeah. you. You know what really gets gets me going though is Hero Bread. Hero Bread is great. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking for an alternative to just regular old bread you find from the grocery store, like Hero Bread's really good. You know, looking at their website right now, the Hero Classic White Bread. You know how many net carbs it has? How many grams of net carbs? I don't know, Ryan. Take a guess. Uh, not many. Zero. Zero, Zero gram net carbs is Zero actually. The the Hero Classic White Bread. So if that's if that's what you're looking for, um, that's a great option. Hell yeah. From Hero Bread. Um, you know, I gotta touch on some of the highlights right here. The taste and texture, the bread is soft, fluffy, uh, delicious, tasty, flavorful, scrumptious, all the different adjectives you want to use to describe it. Uh, it's great. It's high high fiber, uh, ultra low net carbs, sometimes zero grams of sugar per slice. Um, yeah. We have a discount code for the first purchase, CHGO, for 10% off at Hero.co. Um, Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. I was actually looking at some of the recipes on Hero.co on their website. Um, and I'm I was literally just watching this food being made right now. Oh, that looks great. That looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm um, looking at our screen too. I'm like, man. But like, <laughs> if you're a big, maybe if you're a big football fan, right? You want something to do on Sundays, want, want, want to try a new recipe. The game day nachos look great. You can find that on the website as well. Um, it has fewer calories than the leading national brand, about five to 10 grams of protein per serving. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the CHGO fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Barb says that you and Corey need to eat some Hero Bread sandwiches. They look hungry. I'd be happy to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then she says that I also could eat an entire loaf, and I don't know if that's like a compliment or not. (laughs) All right. Feels backhanded. That's a lot of. That's a lot of. Come on, Barb. You know we read your comments all the time. We call you our godmother, and I I don't know how to read that comment. All right. Uh, Anyway, after you get your hero bread, go get yourself a new car because. It's the perfect time, all right? It's Black Friday savings time at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake, folks. If you didn't know, now you know. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest 
Chevy inventories, and all month long, you can save big at Race Chevy during their Black Friday sales event, where you can choose from over 100 Silverados in stock, which is the perfect tailgate machine or vehicle. But that's not all. Get 0% financing with $0 down and zero payments until 2024. And all, and I know everyone loves the word free. We all love free. I definitely love free. All right. That's what you'll get this month at Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake. A free oil change. And all you need to do is mention CHGO when you're scheduling your oil change. It's a Black Friday. It's a Black Friday offer you don't want to miss. But you have to schedule it by November 30th. Which is tomorrow. Oh. If you don't have, everyone needs an oil change right now. You got to get your car right, especially with this winter coming up. Get your car right, bro. All right. Buy the confidence with the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is a price you pay when you go into the dealership. In many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, saying things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answer will be no. And that is a no for me as well. Uh, and that's when the other dealers will raise a price on you, saying the price online included limited limited rebates that you do not qualify for well at ray that is not the case the price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons or hidden fees ever in fact ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you which may make the price lower than you see online visit ray chevrolet in fox lake or RayChevrolet.com to get your black friday savings they've been serving the community since 1963 Find new roads. Boom. What an ad read. Okay. Um, we got 39 likes. How many people watching, Sarah? Plenty. 102. 102. Make, make it, it make sense. sense. It Come on, sense. folks. Make it make sense. Come it's on. It's Bragg's birthday today. Yeah. It's Bragg's birthday. Yeah. Hit the like button for Bragg's. He's a Cubs fan. He is a Cubs yeah. fan. Are we sure that's going to make people like, <laughs> like the show? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did read our reviews for the first time uh, in like eight months on Apple. No, we love Bragg's. And someone left a review saying they love the show, but no more Bragg's. Oh. <laughs> it well, had to have been the one show that he came on and went I, on his Otani like one rants. time, right? The one time. Yeah. <laughs> we love Bragg's around here. We love Bragg's. We're gonna go beat him in a three-point contest uh, later on today for his yeah. birthday. Oh yeah, we're gonna go um, hang out with him at Midtown Athletic Club. It's gonna yeah. be fun. Um, uh, so what? We got about twenty minutes left. Uh, the chat. There's all kinds of thoughts. Somehow is all over the place. Is everywhere. all over the place today, and I've been trying to keep up with it. Um, there, I, it's hard for me to even because sometimes people are talking about rumors that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. Right? right. Like, like there's some people I'm, in here saying that like. There's rumors about Javi Baez trades, and I'm like, I don't know who's going to take that. Contract. I don't know that who's going to take not, that contract. That I did not see, and <laughs> I didn't I see that either. <laughs> cannot have less interest in something. <laughs> same, um, yeah. same. I love I love Javi forever, but for sure. absolutely not. That is the yeah. wrong direction for whatever this team is trying yeah. to do. And then, I mean, I will. There was one rumor that was put in there that I actually did read about today. Um, Another report out there saying that the Cubs are mildly interested in Josh Hader. And I said They've last been connected week. connected a few times. Yeah. 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 And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I will be irrationally angry. I'm going to have to delete if, some tweets on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will be irrationally angry if Josh Hader is a Chicago Cub. No, like, the thing is, like, with him, it's absolutely, like, a good 
signing to Josh to bring a, a guy yeah, but closer. I hate it has no, Brian, it has have no, you considered yeah, no, that I hate it? But what I'm saying, like, 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 in general, it doesn't general, necessarily have to do with the, what, the here, fact that he is who. So he here's is. what I'm saying: it's like in general, because I know where you're coming from. Is like if they're spending all this money on a closer mm-hmm. or just on the bullpen in general, you're losing out on money you could spend elsewhere, right? I I, I completely understand it. Josh Hader, like on the surface, is like. Absolutely an upgrade for the Cubs bullpen as a guy you would want to bring in and have as your closer. Absolutely. As a baseball player, you know, whatever off the, off the field stuff. I don't, I don't, you know, that, that's besides the point, but what <laughs> well, I, what I look at it? is, well, well, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just saying yeah, in yeah. a general sense as a baseball player. <laughs> yes. But what I'm looking at it, and again, yes. from a baseball sense, this is, it, it just doesn't strike me as a move the Cubs would do. Yeah. I don't well, think so. I, I think, it does. I think that her connection to it does speak to. And Craig I, Council has a lot to do with Council it. for sure, and like the way he's used bullpens in the past, and just I do think it speaks to. I I would be very surprised if we saw the Cubs commit like massive money and years to relievers, but I do. I do get the sense, like, their bullpen fell apart. It was a huge reason they did not make the playoffs. Some, maybe most would argue it was the number one reason they didn't make the playoffs, right? right? The the idea that the Cubs would maybe spend a little more in that area than we've seen them, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Like, like it needs to get that. fixed yeah. and because it was bad. Yeah. And Who were we talking about the other day? Uh, Robert, Stevenson. Robert Stevenson. Like, yeah, when we're talking about like too. multi-year yeah. deals, maybe right. that could be a guy because he's 30. Yeah. He's kind of been rising the last few years. Yeah. Like, I could see that. I'm saying like a, a longer-term big money deal for a reliever. I, it I, don't, like, I don't see trade it, but I think they... Per, go ahead, I'll finish. No, I was just going to say, I think... I, I don't I I still never see them doing like a big massive deal for a closer or something like that. But I think if they can do short term stuff, I think maybe we see them widen their openness to deals for relievers even just a little bit more than they have in the past, right? Yeah. Instead of only just doing these like reclamation project type things and you know, international guys and stuff like that to try to like make it work. Yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to address it in a little more like a sure way, certain yeah. way. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. And I'm not minimizing anything that happened to Josh Hader, the personal life type stuff. I was mm-hmm. speaking strictly from a baseball sense. I, and I'm, per, I mean, I'm looking at it as, as strictly as a, at a baseball sense too, because I, I just don't see the Cubs, if they were to sign Josh Hader, and according to MLB trade rumors and fan graphs, they project this guy getting four, five-year deal, $100 million contract. That's a lot, isn't that? That's what? a lot for a that's guy that's going to pitch got, in the right? ninth inning. I would inning. be stunned if they did that. Didn't Diaz, like, really? Edwin Diaz get like five years, $100 million or something like that from the Mets, like yeah. around there? I like, would just be stunned. If, I if, would the be Cubs had proven, if the Cubs had proven to me that they're going to spend like the Mets or the Padres did last offseason, then sure, I'd be all about it because I'd feel like, all right, well, they're going to get Hater and they're going to sign Otani and they're going to bring Bellinger back and they're going to trade for Soto and like, and you know, we're going to see if this is going to work or not, right? But if they sign Hater to that kind of contract, I just don't see them adding to the offense that they need to add. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I do think that the rumor is just kind of like, oh, they've 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 called to see you know what you're looking for or whatever, and then that's about it. And if, and, to, and if I'm wrong, if they sign Josh Hader and then they go and still sign Otani or whatever, 
then I'll put my hand up and say, all right, I was wrong. But I just don't envision that happening. I don't don't see it. It, It would be... It would be like... It would just be completely different than what Jed's philosophy has been to build bullpens at this point. So... But I, I, I'm not surprised to hear those rumors. It's an area they need to address, mm-hmm. and you can be confident in some of the guys you're bringing up or expanding roles, things like that, but they were clearly unprepared for the end of the year last year. Yeah. It cost them dearly, mm-hmm. and they're they're going to need to enter this season giving Craig Council a, a bullpen that he can trust from the gate. Yeah to win games and manage how he wants to win games. Cause I think that ultimately became the problem down the stretch is you saw like three guys mostly be reliable for Ross Mm -hmm. and company. And when those guys weren't available or if you're trying to manage their innings, well, that's not managing to best win the game, right? Because you're thinking of these other things. Like we only have a few good guys. If I use them today, do I have them tomorrow? Cause now I don't trust any of these other guys. You need to put counsel in a position to succeed. One of the biggest areas that I think when you watch the Cubs play the Brewers, when if you thought Craig Council is really good at this, we always lose to the Brewers. It's very frustrating. That was one of the main areas. Mm-hmm. It felt like they got those matchups right every yeah. single time. Didn't matter who came out of that bullpen, how many pitching changes they made. You felt like the Brewers were doing it right, and they had some sort of edge on the Cubs as they were doing it, right? We can't hit this guy. He doesn't even throw that hard. or his nut. How is this guy getting this many outs? You need to put them in a position to succeed that way. And I'm not saying you need to go sign a five-year deal for a reliever, but, like, you can only sign so many reclamation projects or guys that are over 35 and, like, hope that they can still be good, things like that. Like, you can only do that so many times, right? At some point, you need to get, like, surefire power in that bullpen. Mm. So I'm not surprised to see more rumors like that. Five yeah. years, 102 million, by the way, for Edwin Diaz. That was the contract he got. And he it's missed a, all of last season. It would be, it's a losing proposition. Like, yeah. historically, it is not a good way that, to spend And that's money. why, like, me, me and Ryan said this, I think, on Monday, because we were talking about relievers. Like, the Cubs went into 2016 with Hector Rondon as the, as the closer. I think at this point, you know, Going into 2024 with Albert Azale as your closer, tentatively, Not if the, the, if the team, the if this team, if they improve the roster dramatically, and you go into this next season with Albert Azale as your closer, and you get to the deadline and your one big missing piece is like that big, like ace or not ace, but uh, closer, and you need to do like what the Diamondbacks did when they traded for Paul Seawald then fine. Like, the Cubs have the farm depth to be able to trade for someone like mm-hmm. that, and you know there is always going to be someone available. There, yeah. Year in and year out, there is a big closer available at the deadline, and I know that people want to hold on to prospects and not move prospects for whatever, but they moved Gliber Torres, and they won the World Series, all right? I'm, I'm willing to go down that path rather than give this big contract to a guy like Josh Hader, and that, that doesn't mean – don't fix the bullpen. It means get some guys that can get you to the ninth inning for a guy like Alzale who has saved 20-some games last year. And he, he was, was effective. effective closer. He may right? not be among the elite closers, but he got the job done. Right. And I, I think he can, he can get the job done. 
we, you know, me and I keep bringing this back up. Me and Brendan wrote about it like mid season about some of the changes that he made and how he was more effective at getting lefties out, which was a big thing for him when he was a starter. Like why he couldn't get lefties out. Like we, he made changes to his pitch arsenal, his repertoire, and he was able to get both uh, hitters on both sides of the plate out consistently. And that's why he was an effective closer. Yes, he may not be elite, and it may be there may be points where he's not, you know, coming in and getting three up, three down, set it and forget it. You have no worries when he comes in the game. That mm-hmm. might not be him, but I think you're if, you, if we're on opening day, he's a closer. Like you're not feeling. You're feeling good with that. I, I think I think you're feeling good with that because of the improvements he made this last season, which I believe are sustainable and yeah. made him a really effective closer for a large majority of the season. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, we, I love how we talked about Josh Hader more than anything in this segment because I, I was going to bring up you know, the Yankees and the Padres. I guess names have actually been exchanged mm-hmm. for Juan Soto, so that – that rumor is kind of pushed on and, another Padre. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that, that's a thing. Also uh, you threw something in Slack related to Alex Bregman, like someone from, uh, I think it was MLB network uh, on Sirius XM uh, talking about Bregman. Per- don't be surprised if Bregman might get traded this off season, third baseman. I don't think the Cubs are going to be part of that, but it is an intriguing option just because it is third base and, you know, we've talked about third base all off season a little bit on like who is going to be that. Is it going to be Morel? Is it going to be someone they trade for? Are they going to sign Matt Chapman? I, I, I all these different options. Uh, I will say this related to Soto. I'm a little scared just because they are exchanging names. Like it's got to that point where they are like names have been thrown out there from from the Yankees to go to the Padres. It goes back to like what we were saying about how I think Otani is like number one on the Cubs priority list right now. And once that passes, then they could go into this, go back into this market. But I, I guess my question is, is do you think he's moved before Otani is signed? And I, at this point, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, the Padres situation isn't good uh, yeah. with the, just like, again, their, their money issues. They had to take out a loan, stuff like that. I think they're million. dealing with that broadcast yes. right yeah. stuff, uh, and the team wasn't good, so they need to shake some stuff up. New manager. Right. Like, and the Yankees are also in a position where they have not been at the level that they are sort of have to. set the standard that, that they would be, and right. they need to maybe be aggressive. That's why I think we've heard so much connection to them, to Cody Bellinger. And, I mean, they're, like, they haven't been rebuilding, but sort of similar in a sense to the Cubs, where it's like they need to make moves to get them back to a certain level. And the level they were at is not really acceptable for, like, their organization or their fans or their reputation, things like that. And sometimes you got to be aggressive to make that happen. It's not that easy to just uh, snap your fingers and fix all those holes. So I, I think, yeah, they're a very much a legit threat. They're always a legit threat for anybody. Um, so I think, you know, if you have your heart set on Soto, I don't have my heart set on anything at this point. I just need the Cubs to get better. <laughs> I think they have their hand in a lot of places. Would agree. And yeah. they're going to have to... You know, again, like that's the thing. Like, your path may change if yeah. if you're seriously committed to Otani. Hopefully, that decision is made relatively soon, and then you can kind of proceed from there. Either you just spent a ton of money, 
franchise-altering, most-ever kind of money, or you have a ton of holes to still fill and your number one target just went somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of this is going to happen maybe quickly because, you know, if one team gets a fish that you were after, you kind of get in that mode where it's like it's like how we felt with the shortstops last year. Each time one went off the board, we got a little more nervous, right? Yeah. Because it's like, well... Now there's only three left. Now there's only two left. Now it's only Dansby Swanson. And what if he just doesn't want to come here? What if he gets a better offer somewhere else? Like now we struck out, right? So right. I they, I saw someone say it earlier. Like there are a lot of holes on this team. And as we sit here right now, they've filled none of them, mm -hmm. right? So uh, there there's a lot of work to do, but a lot of people still on the board. There's a lot of rumors and a lot of ways that I think would help this team. Um, unfortunately, we just don't have the answer for how they're exactly going to do it. The chat's talking about Justin Turner. I think he would be a great person to have at yeah. third base on a short-term deal. If you're spending big money elsewhere, like he's been great uh, at the plate. I don't think he can play third base anymore defensively. I think he was really bad mm -hmm. there, but maybe he can play first. You can DH yeah. him like a good bat in the middle of that order yeah, is still always hits. something that you're interested in. He hit so, well at Wrigley Field too, from my memory. Yes, <laughs> right. So, you know, the I know you guys talked about, like, glass now yeah. Um, yeah. and some of those rumors. Like, a lot of that seems to have some legs to it. I, I do kind of feel like they're going to trade for a pitcher. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. Yeah. I think the weirdest part about it is, like, they, they're in all these rumors. They're not going to get every single one of these guys. So, like, it's very interesting to see how mm -hmm. that all shakes out, how the roster construction shakes out. Because do they get Otani? Do they get two of the guys right below? Like, do they trade for someone? Like, they're not going to get all these guys that they're rumored to be um, interested in, but they should get some of them. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that mixes, like just the, the, the mix that becomes the players they bring in. I, yeah. That just intrigues me. Like regardless of who they actually get, there's just so many rumors and so much talk about the Cubs right now. And so all this stuff swirling around them that I'm like, I, I'm genuinely just very intrigued to see how it, shakes out <clears throat> yeah no i agree you know what you know what is a guarantee we don't know what the cubs are gonna do but a guarantee is empire empire True. is a guarantee folks Absolutely. with empire today you get to shop at home you get shop at home convenience god i can't talk the right product for your needs quick and professional installation and a low price guarantee empire today is the best place to get new flooring so of course they have copycats but empire can't be beaten on quality service speed so competitors can advertise low quality products that empire simply won't carry empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. Their virtual floor designer is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday. Flooring is all Empire Today 
does. They live and breathe flooring. So you can be confident you're getting honest upfront advice. They pride themselves on their convenience shop at home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use floors so they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes, lighting and decor so they can make an informed decision. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. And, uh, you know, while you're looking at your new floors, you can also go to FOCO. Yeah, go get fitted out in the best sports gear around with FOCO. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's, you know, baseball season will come, right? Baseball season will come. One day. It doesn't feel like it right now with how cold it is, but it yeah, will. It, it will come back and we'll be warm and sitting in that Wrigley Field. Um, and, that, you know, you're going to want your get, to get your stuff from FOCO. They got the Aloha shirts, which I'm going to be rocking. You know, I love my Hawaiian shirts. Absolutely. Um, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Um, they've given us some of our amazing set decorations, like the Hayden Wisniewski bobblehead right there. Um, FOCO has donated a few awesome pieces for our set, so go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. Hell yeah. Foco, As uh, Sarah's shown on the screen, they got some great stuff. Bobbleheads. We got the Clark the Cub. We got the Hayden Wisniewski one right here. Clark's around here Still, somewhere. Still wish we had the Matt Schwarmer one. Um, it, Cubs it, legend. Where, I have to ask, because I saw it in the chat. Like, where are these, is the, the who who started the Javi stuff? Why are we talking about I want to say it was Barb. <laughs> why? I don't know why. Because now it's No, I see the, people saying rumors in the chat. Like, what rumors? I haven't and seen from any rumors. I haven't seen any rumors. I know Barb's been talking about it for, like, months. About yeah. getting Javi to play third base. It's she, been, she is consistent about wanting Javi back to play third base and complaining about the Cubs trading Kimbrel and getting nothing. Which Chris is Bryan not pretty true. Boy. But Chris Bryant is pretty boy also. Yeah. yeah. We will never get Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez back. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm just not. a fan opinion, and I just, they're gone. I, get I over know. it. Probably. Oh, get over it. <laughs> get over it. I do they're think gone. that I mean, I just at the very I, end I of their that, that, It's something that it's like. I just it's don't like, understand. <laughs> Javi was horrid. He was the worst hitter in baseball last year. Last year. You got to quite literally, like, you got to go watch it, that pitching just, ninja compilation of and him. It can't swing. just be I, because he, he was in no. Detroit. I do not buy that. You, Detroit is not Tampa Bay or like the Marlins. Like in terms of people going there and hating their life, Detroit is has been around for a long time. Like the Tigers have been around for a long time. They've had Hall of Famers come in and out of there. Like I understand they haven't been good for like the last decade or whatever, but we're we're. We're not talking about a franchise that's only existed for like 10 or 20 years. We're like, I, I just, I'm not going to buy the whole, oh, he hates playing in Detroit because not 40,000 people at Wrigley Field are watching him or whatever. Like, I, I, at some point you, 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 you play good or you don't. And like I said it yesterday, like I was okay with the fact that they let him walk be, or they traded him because I thought that down the road injuries would be a problem for him. And they really haven't been. It's been more of the fact that he just has not played to the standards of what we saw. Yeah. That's basically it. That's so. what we said uh, yesterday. Like, it sucks to see the fall, but like it happened, right? Like he's not who he was with the Cubs anymore. Yeah. I mean, like if Detroit wanted to give him back for free. Yeah, like that. That's <laughs> kind of thing. Like, like, like he it, probably if, rates well. I mean, he rated well. He still rates well as a defender, defender but yeah. like. Right. 
it just does. It's a. Re, it sounds like a reunion for reunion's sake, which is a bad idea. Last time we did that, Jake Arrieta came and here and like, was awful, bro. Yeah, it just he he was really really bad on offense. It just doesn't solve a lot of what the Cubs are like trying to do. I, right. I'm just not sure. I'm yeah. I'm not sure why we're okay. talking about. That. We are like three minutes over, and Steven's looking. <laughs> I at love me. Javi though. Like for to be clear. <laughs> We obviously we love Javi. Yeah. Like I, I, I tweeted this earlier because someone asked me, "Is Baez the worst contract in history now?" And I'm like, "No, it's just sad." Okay, sorry. <laughs> We're getting off. Uh, let me tell you guys about Midtown Athletic Club before we go, though. Uh, Midtown Athletic Club. There, there's what four Chicagoland locations: Palatine or Palatine, Pal- Palatine as <laughs> Brendan says, uh, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, and then obviously the one here in the city that's in like Lincoln Park slash Bucktown. Uh, they, they, it's at the one in Palatine. Uh, they just launched a multi-million dollar uh, transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable wait rates if they join before the end of the year. Uh, it's that the thing about them is they have something for everyone, single people, families with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes, holistic wellness, all of it. Like it, it, is, you are, it, it doesn't matter who you are, but you can be Barb, you can be Becky, you can be De La Cruz in the chat. Be it, evil it, wax, grapefruit. You, yeah. You, all of you are perfect for this, for, for Midtown Athletic Club. Um, they, some of the cool features include the, the super luxe locker rooms, with wet and dry saunas and premium amenities, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes per week included in the membership. Uh, and it's not, it's not gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality. They like, they're emphasizing that. So they also have the, some of the best tennis courts that Mark Carmen will not shut up about for good reason. <laughs> um, and uh, Midtown, Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball and paddle tennis paddle tennis they also have some really cool basketball courts that me and ryan will be at here in a few minutes in the next hour um so head on over to midtown.com slash chgo find out more and to tour the midtown athletic club nearest you all right we're five minutes over the blackhawks guys are yelling at us and giving us dirty looks and i apologize uh so we'll be back going on with them they don't have anything to talk about right obviously (laughs) nothing not not as important as the cubs uh, but we'll be back tomorrow, 120, right here on CSGO Sports YouTube channel. Hit the like button on your way out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Hit, again, hit the like button. 48 likes. I know there was over, well over 100 people watching today, so hit the like button on your way out. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, y'all. Uh, thanks for checking out the CSGO Cubs podcast. Fly W. Y'all silly like the mayor.